Hello and welcome to Jumpstart Weekly, the weekly manga podcast where every week we talk about all the chapters on Visit Shonen Jump website, as well as another collected volume of manga. I'm your host, Jeremy. And I'm your host, Kevin. And this week we read Bakuman Volume 11. Yeah. <laughs> Kevin just read it. He's just I did. coming down on that high. For that, though, we have Shonen Jump to talk about, and since I've been pretty down on it lately, I thought this was a very good week for Shonen Jump. Yeah. Nothing was extra good, unfortunately. Nothing really elevated, but pretty much everything was good. To a point, yes. <laughs> Look, I have two, my two bottom picks are much lower than everything else, Yeah, in my opinion. Yeah, I definitely had that feeling. So let's get right into it with One Piece Chapter 992, Remnants. Hey, Kevin, One Piece is back. I know. <laughs> it's It got drawn real good. Yeah. It had some really good stuff in it, too. Like, I re- actually really liked this. Like, there was a little bit of, well, I've been missing One Piece for the past couple of weeks, and it's back now, so yay. But I really loved the stuff with the Odin sword style. Yeah. And especially with all of them doing it at the end. Like, that was just really good. There's that really good page that's divided kind of diagonally. It's actually a two-page spread. I yes. Page. But that's basically an X-Men, the seven scabbards running at Kaido. Yeah, page. it kind of looks like a video game fight screen yeah. screen to me. Like, you know, it's, like there should be a it's the, in the yeah. middle. <laughs> Red Scabbards versus Kaido. And it looks awesome. Yeah. The art, I mean, always good in One Piece, but just really taking it away this week, I thought. Mm-hmm. It is a little light on story. We get a little bit. We find out why Prospero was teaming up with Marco. Yeah. And that kind of dissolves. Carrot decided she's going to go avenge Pedro, so yep, that'll probably be a fight. But mostly, it's just about the art between with the scabbards versus Kaido fight and them using Odin style. Yeah, right at the end. Him. Well, they use their a bunch of their own styles. Yeah, and they they cut to Kaido being like, "Well, none of these whippersnappers are using using Odin style. Why does it still hurt me?" And then it like does a flashback to Odin being like, "But Odin style is the best." And somebody being like, yeah, that's kind of why they don't want to do it, because then they would all be competing to be your top disciple, and that would kill them. Mm-hmm. So they're they're like, we have our own styles. It'll be fine. And like they do. They master hockey, essentially, through their sword styles. And so even though Odin was like, oh, the Odin two sword style is the best, they still are able to hurt Kaido, even without using his style. And there's a three-sword style guy we know, so I yep. wonder if he's going to come join this fight at some point. Yes. Anything else you want to say on One Piece? No, just good. That will bring us to My Hero Academia number 288, Save Takeo. The adventures of Toga continue. Yes. I don't know that I was expecting this plot thread to be picked up so quickly. I'm fine with it, though. Yeah, it was a good chapter. I really like Spitter giving Toga a speech about, hey, if you want to go, like, doing being villains is all about doing what you want, but you better come back, man. Yeah, I really like that. And I really like the look on Toga's face when she's like, hey, I came here to ask you, you know, would I be worth saving to Ochako? And Ochako's like, you know, you put people's lives at risk to ask me a question like that. And Toga just has this look of like, you think my question's stupid? <laughs> yeah. I also love her comment about, like, oh, I love Deku when he's beat up, which is always. Well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty good. Yeah, I thought it was very good. Again, this is a side story from the main one that I don't mind exploring for a while. Yep. 
especially to help build the tension of what's going on over there. Yeah, well, and I'm also kind of glad that it didn't just leave us with this toga cliffhanger, and then, because what the arc had been doing earlier was bouncing back and forth between, like, four storylines, which is totally doable, but it was bouncing back, like, every chapter. It would be, like, chapter of this, chapter of this, and, like, you wouldn't, it felt like you weren't getting anywhere with any of the stories. Yeah. They were just kind of all bouncing along the starting line. Versus, like, normally you'll go a little bit here, then jump over here and go a little bit there. And, like, multiple storylines can be done, but it just it didn't feel like they were doing it. Versus this, hey, we actually got to, like, move this storyline along. So even though it's not the main one that I'm super excited about, I'm, I am still like it. Yeah, like I said, we need more Ochiko in this series. So mm-hmm. if we're going to take some time out of the main storyline, this is what I want it to be. Yep. Anything else you want to say on My Hero? That will bring us to Mashal Magic and Muscles, Chapter 35, Mash Burn Dead and the Victory Celebration. What did you think of Mashal this week, Kevin? I still thought it was pretty good. I like the introduction of the Secret Shadow Society to give them, like, hey, what are we going to do after this? And Anna just liked the silliness of the them celebrating, like, just the very cartoony yeah, style just of them just... Their hands. Yeah, like, they've just all got their hands thrown up in the air, but it, like, it keeps cutting back to it, like, they've just been standing there with their... And I'm doing it right now, with their hands in the air for, like, 20 minutes. Yeah, that joke works, and I really like the one at the beginning where we get some backstory into the villain and mm-hmm. his motivations, and then Mashal just says, hey, your tragic backstory aside, he's just lost. Yeah. It, well, it was like it wasn't just that. It was like, listen, man, you've got a tragic backstory, so I appreciate you slight. Like I respect you slightly more, but you also still lost. So where's Lemon? <laughs> yeah, he was like, oh yeah, I guess I did agree to that. There were definitely bits I liked about it, but I think this is the weakest chapter since we started talking about Mashal regularly. In large part because I felt the like introduction of the Shadow Society was very. How Boy. to put this? No. Convenient is the almost the opposite of it, but like that character seemed last time we saw him seemed very on the level. Mm-hmm. So was he replaced? Is he been a bad guy the entire time? Yeah, like we'll, what were his motivations? We'll it seems very much like he was like, okay, what do I do next? I can't just like stop the story. Yeah, and I agree with you. He needed to do something to give it a direction moving forward, and this was probably the right move. Yeah, I, I like it. Anything else you want to say about Mashal? I definitely love Lemon's reaction to being saved by him and like the, my hero, my husband. (laughs) Yeah. Like that was just really good. That will bring us to Chainsaw Man chapter 89. Go get him, Chainsaw. What did you think of Chainsaw Man this week, Kevin? I think it flopped a little bit on its, like you've talked about this before, where it's like talking about something from a storyline perspective and then completely ignoring like, Makima's talking about how, yeah, I'm going to make everyone love you and therefore make you lose all your power while having just said that everyone loves her, which is why she's so powerful. That's certainly true. I didn't really consider that. That like that I picked up on that and that bothered me a little bit because I was like, you like you literally just said everyone loves you there. That's why you're doing well. I really like this chapter because, like I've said about Chainsaw Man in the past, it's at its best when it's about ideas. Mm-hmm. And this is about an anti-spirit bomb. Yes. And like it is even the chapter it reads like a spirit bomb chapter of you're just cutting to all the various small characters from the past. Yeah. Sending their energy. But because Chainsaw Man works on fear, it has the opposite effect. Yeah. And like I said, I did like that. It was just the fact that Makima mentioned everyone loves me that I was like, but like the, 
you that's literally why you said you're powerful. Why would that not make Chainsaw Man powerful? I mean, you can love somebody and fear somebody. I'm I rationalizing guess. that now, but Makima's a super weird character also. She is. I like that that was the thing that really hitched me. That and the umbilical chains yeah, those, coming from Makina was Those continue to be very weird imagery. Yes. I'll give you that. Uh, this is what I want from Chainsaw Man. Uh, even when it's what I want, it's not perfect. I'll give you that. Mm-hmm. Um, because I didn't love this chapter. It did seem not out of nowhere. This is pretty well set up, but yeah. it hasn't been like Chainsaw Man's been getting weaker as time has gone on, and he is more and more heroic. Yeah, I am kind of wondering. So she basically mentioned she's like, so this is the twenty sixth time yep. you've killed me. Why haven't you eaten me yet? And so, like, I kind of want to know the answer to that. Yeah. Control is such a weird fundamental idea that it does seem like a weird thing to get rid of. Yeah. But yes, I really like this chapter of Chainsaw Man, although you are definitely right about that little nagging bit. Although there is a degree to which with Makima, I just assume rules don't apply to her. I And that, that could be that, but like because that was in the back of my mind, uh, it did not fare well on the rankings, be- especially with a very esoteric chapter like this. Yeah. I mean, but that's what I want from Chainsaw Man. I know, so. but, like, it, it was still interesting, but I was like, well, oh, okay. And so it that gets reflected in my rankings. Moving on, we next have Dr. Stone, Z equals 170, staring up at the same moon, which is a chapter that I was pretty down on, honestly. A little bit? I think the ending picked it up for me. See, I feel like the ending cliffhanger is something we've had three chapters in a row, to some degree. Like, that's what it's kind of been setting up towards anyway. Yeah, I just kind of liked how they were dealing with it. But I do kind of agree with you. I think, they, like I said, the ending picked it up for me. With just the two of them being like, well, yeah, because science is elegant. Yeah. I just, the last three chapters to me seem like they've been basically the same chapter. Mm-hmm. And like I said, it was a weird rushed ending that we're in a super slow bit. And Stanley's entire deal doesn't really make sense to me because they said, oh, he's going to chase you no matter what you do. But like, he's still back there. And like, he's like, yeah, you can do your science city or whatever, but I'm still going to go after him. Mm-hmm. Whereas I read it as he was going to impulsively chase them. And that's why they could set up the science city, because he would not be there to stop them. He would be chasing them. Yeah. It just all... If it was really weird. I like the Jinro as a stowaway bit. Yeah. That's an interesting idea. It puts a wrinkle in things. Mm-hmm. But like I said, this chapter just didn't seem like it moved the story at all. I feel like we have the same tension we've had, like I said, for the last three chapters. We do have the... Have they mentioned the uh, radio waves coming from... Oh, yeah. That's why they're trying to go to space. Yeah. I was like, duh. For whatever reason, I kept thinking it was space, like they thought it was like an asteroid or something, not specifically the moon. Yeah, they knew it was the moon because yeah. they had the radio transmission That's before. Right. And Dr. Zeno reveals he also Also knew, knew about the moon, yep. Uh, anything else you want to say on Dr. Stone? Pretty quick, but like I said, I, it was kind of a nothing chapter to me, so. Yeah, for me, just for whatever reason, I just liked the, the collaboration at the end there. Especially with Senku, like, just whipping out the chair and was like, all right, let's talk. Next, we have Ayakashi Triangle, Chapter 17, The Enticing Boy. What did you think of this chapter, Kevin? This is, a, I th- again, I think Ayakashi is good at starting arcs, so I am enticed by this boy. Yes. I'm interested to see exactly what his deal is, and I also loved the bit with all the girlfriends 
being like, you know, oh yeah, we'll like all get boyfriends and go on like group dates. Yeah, and they'll be like, oh no, we can't interrupt uh, their boyfriend time. Yep. When the Kazumaki, the rival character, comes up to Matsuri and is talking like, oh my god, are they going out? We, we can't. Like, Susie, you can't be, you can't interrupt them. Yep. Being jealous. And then the enticing boy takes Susie like, no, Matsuri, you can't go interrupt. Yep. But it's actually an Ayakashi that's going to try to kidnap her. And Shirogade is probably the most heroic he's been so far. Yes. I mean, they've been tilting that way. Like you said, Ayakashi Triangle is very good at starting arcs. And this was very good. Yep. And it was nice to see the high school friends again. And like, yes. pretty much everybody is in this chapter. Yep. Except the painter. Yes. But I don't care about him. And technically, the new girl is yes. just mentioned. But yeah. And the, uh, the brother isn't there. But no one cares about him. No. He's just there for the horny joke. Yes. Yeah, I really liked it. Anything else you want to say on it? Nope. That will bring us to Hardboiled Cop and Dolphin Depth 15, High Tide Blues, which I really like. It still maintains a comedy element, but for the first time, it's got an almost procedural mystery sort of feel to it. Yes. That like is kind of a serious mystery. Yep. There's this lifeguard. His duty is to monitor the safety of the beaches and stare at hot chicks. Yes. According to him, he's got an assistant that's like, any cute girls, sir? And he's like, they're all cute. This yeah. is why I'm the lifeguard and you're an amateur. Yep. Well, I also like, because she is also a cute girl. Yes. And I, I definitely love the scene where they're like looking through binoculars and he's like, just, he starts groping her in one panel and then in the next panel, she's got him in like an arm <laughs> bar and he's still just conversing like this is totally normal. Yeah. There are body parts w- uh, washing up on the beach. So yep. That's weird and mysterious. Also, there are... They make it sound like it's specifically been legs. Yes. Th- th- they sort of lead to that. At first, it's ambiguous. But they do, like I said, like a procedural, start narrowing things yep. down. And also, there's an incident at a place where they train dolphins, where there are a bunch of trainer trainees, one of which was attacked with- by the dolphins. And then there's a funny bit where Orpheus shows up and talks to the dolphins. Well, I really love that the two of them were joking like, oh, we should have brought our dolphin. And then Orpheus just happens to be there. And it's like, Orpheus, what are you doing here? What do you mean? I'm giving the rookies some pointers. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, and I really like the end where it sort of flashes forward to the lifeguards finding the trainee that was attacked washing up on the beach in a hole. Yep. It, like I said, it gives it a serious mystery feel, which is not something hard-boiled cough and dolphin has tried at all. But as a story about two cops, it fits very naturally. Yeah. Is there anything else you wanted to say on it? Only downside is no Chaco. Yeah, I, I did note that. I feel like with Chaco, this might have done even better on my rankings. Yeah, I, I also, like, I feel like she would have screwed up the serious yeah. mystery vibe. So, like, I totally understand her not being in this chapter. Exactly. Because, like, the slight bits of comedy are funny, but she probably would have taken it over the edge. Yeah, she'd have gotten her magnifying glass out, and it would have been adorable, but it would not feel like a serious mystery anymore. Yes. So, last but not least, we have We Never Learn, question 178, The Ice Queen, part one. What did you think of the first part of the final arc of We Never Learn? I liked it. I like, so, they went with a flash-forward but with a hint to the time travel yes. thing in it, which is really cool. With Yugia getting accepted to teach at his alma mater that, well, I'm totally blanking on her name right now. Kirisu? Kirisu Sensei still works at, and he's her, or she's his... Teaching advisor? Teaching advisor, thank you. I was like, uh, essentially, like, she's the 
the person ahead of him on the program or like I don't know exactly how it works over there, but it made it seem like hey, you're a new teacher, we're going to put you, like, working under, like, you're working by yourself, but you're going to be working with somebody better than you to, like, A, grade you and give you pointers to help you out, yeah, at least for the beginning. He's not a TA, but it has that sort of vibe. Yes, because he's definitely by himself, but it's like, we're going to give you a master apprentice, it's like you're a journeyman apprentice, like, we're going to, you have your own class, but you have this master that you report to and who's going to keep an eye on you, at least for the beginning. Yeah, he still lives with his family because teachers don't make any money, even in Japan. Yes. And he wants to move out, but he's like, oh, I can't do that and help with my family's expenses. But then a character who I do not remember shows up. It's like, oh, I can get you a place super cheap. Yeah, I'm trying to remember exactly. I sh- Oh, I know who it is. She's the. She was actually the woman who owned the lingerie shop. That he was a mascot for. Ah, okay. Yeah, and the joke is she like keeps gotcha. coming up with business adventures. So it was like, I own this lingerie shop, and then like she had some other thing that happened to him, and it's that's why he was like, Wow, you're just a woman of many talents. Because she's like, Yeah, I got into real estate. And he moves in right next to Kirasu, who has also moved because the place is cheaper. Well, and it seemed like she set the both of them up. Kind of. To do that, sort of. It wasn't like she wanted because she knew the two of them were looking for places to rent. And she was like, well, the windows in these two apartments are really close to one another, so it would be better if the two tenants knew each other so it wouldn't get super awkward. Yes. Which, of course, it does. (laughs) Immediately. Yes. I love the, he opens the door and she's changing and she's like, you know, ah, it's just really good. I mean, I thought it was fine. It's all set up, which a first chapter kind of has to be. And it's just kind of normal Kirisu Yu-Gi-Oh stuff. He's just older now. Yeah. It, I found it weird that he's not drawn older. He wasn't drawn older in the last one either. But I believe we're supposed to believe this is him at his oldest of the... Yeah, but I think they're trying to go with the fact that he's just, like, always been super youthful. Yeah, like... it just... It felt fine when he was with a girl one year older than him. Mm-hmm. Uh, even though this is not a super weird relationship, the way it's drawn, I think, will continue to have that a little bit. A little uh, bit? I think it's a fine start, but it didn't do he anything. He might be a bit taller. Yeah, maybe, but it's, like you said, he just doesn't look like they've done too much with him. That also might just be a, a character design thing of, like, I don't want to have to redesign yes. him for nine chapters or whatever. Like, that seem, even though this is your last arc, that seems a bit silly. I thought it was fine. Definitely better than, like, the Furuhashi start, even. Mm-hmm. But it didn't do anything that really charmed or grabbed me. Uh, the uh, the family scene totally got me with his younger uh, his younger the sister kids. being the school idol is fun the but... sister being the school idol the brother being into working out and so he's like just working out at home and just the constant just like all of those shenanigans happening in the house was just really funny to me all right that will do it for the chapters we talk about every week and that brings us into jump card. Jump Card is the segment where we rank everything in Shonen Jump, not just the stuff we talk about every week. 
20 full chapters this week. So what do you have at number 20, Kevin? High School Family. Yeah, it's bad. and It's not funny. It, it, it's not funny. It doesn't appear to have any sort of message or like it was trying to go for anything. Like, I'm just I'm very confused about this. So, eh. What do you have at number 19? A Gravity Boys. Same. <laughs> Gravity Boys is finally starting to win my heart with this story arc. And then they're like, and now we will put that on pause and just do a fan letters chapter. And they made it worse by putting a hat on it. Yeah. I, the one thing I did like, what put it above High School Family for me, was that they have that commercial in there. Yes. And then they like get to a commercial and it's the same commercial later. Yeah, but and with... Like, it's the same commercial, but with a different actor. Yeah, but like that's super. Like that's what listening to the radio or anything yep. with ads is like. So I actually thought that was really funny. No, that was pretty good. But yeah, I just the like to me when they were like, and now our fourth wall breaking segment where we're going to completely ignore the plot. You mean every goddamn chapter of this manga? Yeah. What do you have at number eighteen? I mean Roboco at eighteen. I liked some of the. The cuteness with Rui trying to ask Bondo out on a date, but the the Roboco thing, like, was funny at times and other times wasn't. Like, I really liked the Krillin death joke where she was like, I was just trying to give you confidence, like Krillin's death. Yeah, I am a sucker for these sorts of stories, so me and Roboco went a little higher for me, not super high. I actually have Dr. Stone at 18. Like I said, okay. I thought it was a very good jump, and like, Dr. Stone and Up is what I enjoyed. But like I said, that just felt like not a worthless chapter, but like it almost made the story of Dr. Stowe going on worse other than the generous stuff. I, that That's fair. It went quite a lot higher for me. Um, like I said, for me, it was just the like I liked the beginning of the Ruri thing, but then it was the the Roboco things that were just kind of like, really? Yeah, write woman on your hand and uh, make your make your knees more defined. He's a knee man. <laughs> what do you have at 17? I have Phantom Seer at 17. I do like this new direction in Phantom Seer, except for the weird, like, I get what they're trying to set up with the ending, but I just got into the weird hitch of, oh yeah, it's a serial disappearance of beckoning hands. W how many that, are there? Oh, first off, how many are there? Secondly, wouldn't that be normal? Isn't, isn't that like the problem with beckoning hands? You know, it's just like, these guys are danger magnets. A bunch of them have been disappearing. Doesn't that happen all the time? Like, w wouldn't wouldn't that make sense? That'd be like the guy who walks around with a lit, mat lit match in the gasoline factory being like, oh no, he burned the place down. <gasps> really? Or like, oh man, there's been a bunch of serial clown murders in Gotham City. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes. And? I have Magi-chan at 17. Okay. I enjoyed it. Yeah. Like, it's a cute little chapter, but... It wasn't super funny, so what do you have at 16? I have marking at 16. I liked some of the jokes. I liked the the pregnant or the full looking praying mantis. And then like she took the Queen Bee and was like, Haha, I need you to come defeat these guys. And the Queen Bee being like, Did you need <laughs> me at all? Like all you did was hide me under your shirt. I thought Mori King was really funny this week. I am a sucker for those sort of uh card arcade games they only have in japan so i can't spend any money on but like that whole bit i mean it's a very bit part thing we're never going to see this again but i really enjoyed it i think that i think the fact that like they like went along with it like this might actually be a thing like they yeah. they delved a little bit too into it is kind of what turned me off on it 
See, that's what made the joke work for me. I gotcha. I think it would have been funnier if he was just like, yeah, I just, you know, I got these trading cards, which upgraded my powers. As opposed to like, oh yeah, it's the bond between the uh, human and their forest master. And it was, and especially with the purple moth guy being like, or the purple butterfly guy being like, I had no idea. <laughs> yeah, that was funny to me. And I like how his human just appears. I yeah. I, I like, I can get why you'd like it. It was just, again, it's the, those things of comedy that sometimes don't mesh. Yeah. I have me and Raybuck at 16. Okay. What do you have at 15? I have Michael Chen at 15. I did like the cute him helping Ruri story, so. I have our blood oath at 15. Okay. Like I said, I really like the setup for this story, but I felt like the fight was way more of a mess than our blood oath fights usually are. Yeah. And I felt like the climax was kind of confusing. Like, I got it by the end, but. Well, they also kind of, like, they literally had to explain it to the audience. Yeah. Yeah, I didn't think it was great. And a shonen jump that kind of was. Mm-hmm. What do you have at 14? I've changed a man at 14. And like I said, I think it was that cognitive dissonance of, but you were literally just saying that the rule for devils is that the fear is what powers them. And that's how you're beating Chainsaw Man right now with the anti-spirit bomb. But but we, you, everyone's in love with you. We also know, though, that like the entire nation of America is scared of her, right? Yeah, I guess. So I don't know. Like I said, it didn't bother me as much. But I definitely get where you're coming from. Mm-hmm. I have Hell's Paradise at 14. Okay. I just thought it was a weird chapter. Like, I enjoyed it. Like I said, Super weird. R- really good jump. It didn't do a ton for me. It felt like we missed the good parts of the fight, in a way. Hmm? Although maybe I'm just misremembering where we left these characters last time, since it's been a minute since we picked up with them. Oh, yeah. I'm pretty sure Rin just beat the shit out of him, like, at the end. Like, oh, I guess I'll actually use my real power and took him down because he was just a normal dude. Like, yes, he's this amazing swordsman, but he didn't have access to Tao. So it was kind of this, well, you can't, you can't beat me. I don't, you're like, you're a regular swordsman. I don't care how, you know, it's like Zoro fighting Mihawk for the first time of like, you're not even using hockey. How the hell do you expect to beat me? Yeah, I just, I guess I thought that guy was more built up. I don't know. He was, and he's still here. And like, I like the fact that even though he was beaten, he's not dead. And he basically immediately overcomes, is just like, well, you're not going to be able to, you know, it's going to be quite a long time before you're going to be able to do anything. He just picks up the sword with his left hand. And he's like, there's no reason that the left hand should work just as well as the right. Ha! Like, But then, I, but then there's like, ah, oh, but flashback, it will. Well, it wasn't flashbacks. It Well, it is, but that's how his power works. That's true, I guess. Is he, like, absorbs the, essentially, the powers of the other samurai that he trains with. So it was flashing back to the now dead... Doctor. Uh, doctor. Character. Yeah, doctor samurai. And was like, well, I, like, everything about the left hand is exactly the same as the right hand. There's no reason. Now, for uh, Japanese swords, or katanas specifically, that is not true. They are actually not left-handed weapons. And the reason for that is it leaves your heart exposed when you're in your regular guard. If it's in your left hand versus if it's in your right, you can have a weapon in your left hand. But just the way the katana is made, since it's a, a single blade, it leaves your heart exposed when you're holding it on your left as opposed to your right. It seems a very weird thing. But since I actually study sword work, like, again, there's no reason that you can't wield a sword in your left hand, but technically a katana is a right-handed weapon, and there's certain things that you cannot do with it in your left. What do you have at number 13? I have our blood oath at 13. I kind of agree with you, This the fight scene, especially when they had to explain, what, how did you do that? Well, let me tell you, villain. Uh, okay, that kind of ruins it a little bit. 
I have Mashal at 13. Okay. I thought the humor was pretty good, but again, the direction just seemed very odd to me. Mm -hmm. What do you have at 12? I have Undead and Luck at 12. This has some really cool stuff going on with it where I'm... Louise? Is that the... The, the leader? Yeah, the leader. They, they are just Zex Marquis in my I, I know. that I was like, that's what I'm trying to remember. Female Zex Marquis. Uh, <laughs> Rule 63 Zex Marquis. Mm -hmm. But she being like, there's one other person who's been part of the loops, and that's Victor. And it's because Victor is undeath, so he can't die. And mm -hmm. death is the only way that you escape the time loop. So I've been using the arc, but Victor has been forced to live through all of them. Because he can't die. Yeah, I kind of saw something like that coming when she said that the Earth was being destroyed and remade last week. Yeah, but it was still cool to have Andy have that realization of like, oh, maybe that's why Victor's so fucked up. <laughs> I have Phantom Seer at 12. Okay. I, I, like, I really like the uh, new direction. Yes, you're right. It is super weird that the beckoning hand thing. That, um, just, that just bugged me. Yeah, it bugged me too, which is why it's kind of lower here. It's still cool, like, hey, there's you know, there's been serial disappearance of beckoning hands. All right, well, we're gonna leave this beckoning hand alone. I mean, not alone by herself, but because it's with she's with the sister, like it makes total sense. But it's just funny that the main, the uh, ostensible main character is like, all right, well, we're gonna leave you alone. Bye. Yeah, she's way more interesting as far as main characters yes. go, though. So the more agency we can give her, the better. What do you have at eleven? I have Black Clover at 11. I liked this. This devil was honestly kind of like Asta in the fact that he's like, I have no magic. So I was the bottom of the rung and I got picked on all the time. But then I met this really nice lady that, you know, became my mom. And then one of the head devils took over my body and killed her. So now I want to kill all the devils, like not just for that reason, but like. These guys were dicks to me the whole time, and then they killed my mom. Yeah, I, like I said, very generic shonen stuff, but Black Clover is doing, I think, a bit better than it usually mm -hmm. does with this sort of stuff. Anything else you wanted to say on it? Nope. I have Mori King at 11. Okay. We've kind of had that out. What do you have at number 10? I have Dr. Stone at 10. Like I said, I just liked really just kind of the, the like, art and setting of their, all right, well, let's you know, let's sit down and uh, tell each other what we know. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I, I want to see that, but that wasn't what this chapter was. No. I have Undead and Luck at 10. Okay. And I don't know that I have much more to add about it either. What do you have at number nine? I have Hardball Cop and Dolphin at number nine. A really interesting start to the arc. Uh, I like the comedy bits. The, the mystery stuff's pretty interesting. It's like, ooh, where are these mysterious legs coming from? Yeah. I have Mission Yuzakura family at nine. Okay. I thought it was a fine chapter. I Again, I like where it's going more than this chapter, mm -hmm. which is just kind of a one-chapter story that is going to lead into an arc, like yeah. it's set up, but it's really constructed like a single episode, right? There's a problem yeah. Tayo has to solve. Yes. And that was fine, but it wasn't anything super interesting. I think the woman that he meets is yeah. going to, like... Given that cliffhanger, yes. Yeah. But, again, this is just a single episode structure, and the yes. episode itself is fine, and that character hasn't done anything yet, yeah. so I, it's even my if she's amazing. Yeah, it's my number eight. Like, I, I do agree with you. I just, I'm super interested in who she is, especially because of the fact that they're like, yeah, it makes you impossible to recognize somebody. So, of course, 
she's going to be somebody super important to him or super important to the storyline because it's like, oh, you weren't able to recognize me because of this gas. Yeah. I have Black Clover at eight okay. because similar, it's kind of a single episode story, but I think it hooks in better yeah. and works better. What do you have at Lucky 7? I have Hell's Paradise at 7. I'm really interested to see what's going to happen with the other... So we have the two one-armed samurai fighting. And I'm really interested to see what's going on with the guy's hook hand. Because it, like, it went into Tau Vision with something weird going on with it. So I'm really wondering, alright, what's he going to do? I have We Never Learn at 7. Okay. Like I said, I enjoyed it, but it didn't do anything that really charmed or excited me. So, mm-hmm. I mean, it's still good. Yep. What do you have at 6? I have Ayakashi Triangle at six. It's good. Like, it's good at setting up these new storylines, so I'm interested to see where it goes, and I'd like the girlfriends being back, and they're kind of like, you know, we can't interrupt boyfriend time (laughs) jokes. Yeah. I got Jujutsu Kaisen at six. Okay. I thought it was a good chapter. They are kind of bitching out, I suppose. I'm trying to think of a better player. They're They're kind of do a cop out towards the character who died. Yep. Where she gets medical attention, but he's like, I don't know, maybe she's still dead. Which yeah, well, is, wait, he's like, yes, I treated her, but she's still probably dead. Which is such a, um, like a story cop-out, right? Yeah. I mean, that means she's almost certainly fine, yes. is what it means. But like that kind of takes away some of the shock of her death while not giving you any resolution. Which, um, is, which is very sad in that aspect, but I had it at number five. The thing that I really liked was with the bad guy beating up Itadori about like your resolve is too weak like it of course I was going to win this fight this is war we're not having you know we're not playing a children's card game (laughs) yeah it also weirdly ties in really well to what's going on in the anime right now so which I do not think I've seen I haven't seen the most recent episode yeah I was like I, I haven't seen it either but yes you are correct it's a bit of a it's been a bit of a theme for the series because like that's the the whole reason that he became yeah. The jujitsu sorcerer is, you know, is the, it's like, this is a matter of resolve. I've hard-boiled cop and dolphin at five. Like, okay. I really am curious to see if it can pull off this different angle. Yeah. And I am excited by what we have so far. What do you have at number four? I have Mashal at four. I, I liked a lot of the jokes, and I'm interested in this new shadow organization. So it's like, all right, cool. He's got a story direction. And I thought the jokes were funny. So, you know, good for you, Mashal. I have Ayakashi Triangle at four. Okay. No more to say on it. What do you have mm-hmm. at number three? I have My Hero at number three. I really liked continuing the Toga side story. Like, this is really cool. I definitely love the bit where the she pretends to be the old lady. Like, my husband's over here and he's infirm. I can't carry him. And then she's like sprinting down the alleyway. And Ochiko's like, damn, lady, you're fast. <laughs> yeah. The, it- through the power of love. <laughs> I have Chainsaw Man at three. We went into heavy detail on that. Yes. But it's an anti-spirit bomb, and it's structured like one, and yes. I can't not love that. That's fair. What do you have at number two? I have We Never Learned at number two. Like I said, I was really charmed by the Yu-Gi-Oh! In the, fan- like, in the house with his idol sister and his brother working out, and the older sister like studying for exams, and just having to deal with all of the noise and nonsense. Like, just really good. I have My Hero Academia at two. Okay. One Piece is... Really, it's this art gap with One Piece. There was so many good, like, you could yes. put that on a poster pages in this yes. chapter of One Piece, which I assume is why it's taking him so long, that in health conditions. I really wonder if he's going to hit a, th- a thousand before the end of 2020. He's really tight on it. He's on pace. But he just missed two weeks? Yes. 
And if you, if you know, One Piece has typically been every other week this year. So I guess the thing that, like, yes, One Piece was great, but it definitely had that because it had been two weeks gone. I was super excited just to see it back. Like, yes, One Piece, let's yeah. go. It's the cover story. Like, that was a great move on their part. You know, it's the cover story. It's like, yes, it's been two weeks without One Piece. I can't wait to get back into this. And then we get this cool Kaido Red Scabbards fight. Like, awesome. There are nine more issues of Shonen Jump this year. All right. And this is We're was at chapter... 992, so he needs to do eight more. Okay, so he might not... What, what, again, who cares? I mean, he he said it was his personal goal, so... Yeah. To get Chapter 1000 out by, tw- by the end of 2020, so... I, I just think that's unfortunate for him. I, yes. I don't really care either. Yeah. Uh, if we get a chapter a thousand early next year, that's just as good. Who cares? I just am worried about Odai's health. I yep. don't want it to turn into a Hunter Hunter situation. Yeah, I do not want I was like, listen, man, if if you know chapter a thousand has to come out in March of next year, I don't care. I'd much rather have it come out late than not come out never because you're not able to draw anymore. Yeah, and we are in a part where the art is super intricate. I counted, and there are over 30 face characters in this story. Mm-hmm. And they don't show up every week, but that's a ton. And then, not to mention, the we're in a part where there are lots of just mass background characters. Too. Yep. So yeah, that will do it for our Jump Card. We will be back to talk about Bakuman Volume 11 after the break. So, Kevin, I have a question for you. Okay. Is Edgy way too low on personality power level? (laughs) Definitely with that stunt that he pulled with the audition, the uh, voice actor's audition. Yeah. That was probably the best thing ever. Let's audition is not quite as good as Let's Hospital. No. The the list I... uh... So, you know, Windows likes to restart for no reason during your your stuff, right? Mm -hmm. So apparently the list on which I normally keep personality power level, which I just opened because I remembered I have to, is locked for editing by this laptop because it is in use by this laptop. <laughs> so, um, hmm. Hopefully that won't be a problem later. Anyway, Edgy in the audition. Yeah. So, yeah, that definitely was one of my favorite aspects of Edgy, like especially him convincing Iwase like how oh it's it's not just him how a rival should act but him being like oh yeah pcp what well, which is their new series it's perfect. A perfect crime party yes but pcp will definitely lose to me if they keep going like this and it's like literally it was an artwork thing your art is literally too dark like not dark in tone like dark in color tone not just Subject matter. And subject matter. And I like how it's one of his assistants that's like, hey, man, we're almost out of uh, Gradient. He's like, really? I didn't think we'd been going through that that fast. And one of his assistants being like, yeah, man, you're not that you're focusing on it too much. But he's like, you need to not focus so much on using so much Gradient. It really, like, detracts from the art. Yeah. He's got two new assistants in addition to the young kid he had before. Yep. Shiratori, who is all about, like... I shouldn't say all about, but the the real focal bit for these new assistants is that they get an argument about whether manga should be focused on popularity and sales or on its artistic integrity. Mm-hmm. One of which uh, Shiratori is like, yeah, it needs to be popular. 
jump is a commercial product. Yeah, we have to you, sell. Yeah, you're selling a thing. And the other one is like, no, it should be all about the art. Like, if that's all people think about, the manga will be bad. And yeah. Mashiro has to be like, well, yeah, if we were good, then you would be right. We would just do art, but we're not that good. So we do have to worry about staying in Jump and yeah. our popularity. Well, I really like that he's like, I, you know, this is that Edgy's thing is Edgy doesn't have to care about popularity at all. He's just making art and his art is so good that it's popular. Like, and that he was like, in a perfect world, the answer, you are both correct. I make art so good. It's so popular. People can't ignore it kind of thing. And mm -hmm. so I really like that. The one guy gets chosen to do the backgrounds. Yeah. And everyone else is like, what him? He doesn't even want to be a manga artist. He was like, yeah, I really just want to like draw. Yeah, well, he wants to be a painter, but he yes. didn't get into the school he wanted. So he wanted to not live with his parents as a jobless yes. person. So he's like, yeah, drawing manga seemed like a fine way to make money while doing art. Yeah, he's like, I, I want to do an art-related job. And the, the, you know that if you want to do an art-related job, manga assistant probably is a very decent way of doing it over in Japan. Because like, being an artist is difficult. So the first chapter of Perfect Crime Party comes out the same week that why can't I not remember that guy's name? He's on Fukata? our list. Yeah. It's something along the lines of Fukata. In it my... is Fukata. Okay. That Fukata's one-shot road racer Buchigiri comes out, mm -hmm. but they managed to get first place by a huge margin even with it there. And specifically, they managed to get more votes than Crow did on its debut. Yeah. And that leads to what is maybe my favorite page in all of Bakuman slash scene. Mm -hmm. Where he asks Hattori, hey, like, can I have that ranking there? Yeah. And he's like, no, I can't give this to you. Like, you can copy it down if you want, or you can, you can, you're allowed to tell anyone about it, but, like, I can't give it to you. Yeah. Because it's, it's, it also has other artists' work. So yeah. it's like, it's not just your information. And he's like, hey, can you come with me then? And Takagi's like, what? And he's like, yeah. And they go to his uncle's grave, and he yep. just shows him. And it's a super strong panel. Yes. I love how Takagi's like, oh, man, I'm sure he'd be proud. And he's like, are you kidding? He'd just say everyone gets first place with chapter one. Yeah. He was like, yeah, but I mean, we got 450 votes. So Fist of the North Star got 700 on its debut. And, uh, well, it, it was not its debut. It was at the height of its popularity. Okay. But that's like my, like him showing the grave is maybe my favorite scene yes. in Pokemon. It's super, super good. Which then leads into the story we started talking about where Miho is in the one of the top four voice actresses in the running to voice the heroine for the plus natural anime. Yeah. And Edgy's like, well, I don't think we should use her because she's Mashiro's girlfriend. Yep. And Iwase is like, oh my God, like she like is clearly in a relationship with Mashiro and that's the like missing piece of their pen name I didn't see. Yep. And she wants to hire her out of spite. Yeah, she's like, I'm going to hire you and make your character the heroine of the story so that you won't be able to do his anime. Yeah, and she's like, well, I just came here to turn you down. And she's like, cool. I also don't think you should do it. And I love that very graduate style. Mashiro just runs in and grabs her and takes her out, yep. like holding her hand. And she's like, don't worry, bro. I got you, fam. <laughs> yes. He's doing a heart symbol. He's like, I'll tell everyone I turned her down. No problems, bro. So good. <laughs> yeah. And she's amazing. And I really love that scene of the, she's like, oh, you held my hand. He's like, I'm sorry. And then he was like, wait, no, I'm sorry. I uh, yeah, I'm sorry. I let go of your hand. And then also the train parting was yeah. really nice where it's like, hey, Mashro, next time when we meet up, let's kiss. Yeah. And he's like, oh, you're being so forward right now. Well, next time we meet up, we'll be when our dreams come true. Yeah. 
And I love that Miyoshi is like, oh my god, did you guys kiss? Did you guys kiss? Because like Max was just starstruck. He's like, no, we held hands. He's like, what are you in grade school? <laughs> but Takagi's like, yeah, that totally sounds like you. Yeah, it's, it's a super good sequence. And Takahama got his manga in. Yeah, he did. He's on their heels, and Iwase is like just desperate to beat them now. Um, I really like the turn she takes with Goro actually helping her out even though at first he's just kind of like really scared of her, but she's kind of like, you know, well, Mr. Hattori just used to give me ideas all the time. And like, I, I need to beat Takage by any means necessary. So I'll drag him down so that he'll always be underneath me. And she's, you know, that's where she's thinking about hiring Miho as the voice actress to like hurt their self-esteem and all this other stuff. And Goro's kind of like, do you not understand what being a rival is? Cause he's like, no, I'm not going to, I'm not going to help you cheat your way to victory. If you want to beat them, beat them by your merits. Outright their story. That's how, like, I'm perfectly fine. I'm I'm the plus natural editor. I'm not here to make them do bad. I'm here to make you do good. And kind of the reverse to Takagi being like, hey, no, she's not my rival. I just never want to lose to her. Yeah. She finds out about the condition that they have to be plus natural and crow to stay in the magazine. Yep. And he's like, I thought you would like want to crush him. I was like, yeah, but he has to be in the magazine for me to beat him. I want to beat him when he's at his best. I'm not his rival, though. Well, not. Well, there's that. But it's just like, I thought you'd want to crush him. It's like, yes, but he has to be underneath me. It's no fair if he drops out of the contest. Yeah. And I like. That that is the growing tension throughout this is they yep. find out about the condition like yeah we're like in fifth we're like steady like the worst we've gotten is ninth and we're usually around fifth and so yeah plus natural got a huge bump when the anime came out but it's fine and Hattori's like no it's not fine yeah and he was like they were both like oh yeah crap that actually is what we told the editor in chief when we asked him to let us cancel Tanto or Tonto he just never told us the condition yeah. And he's like, yeah, and I didn't tell you because I didn't want to stress you out, yep. but like, we got to go for it now. Yeah, now we have to Now we have to do something because you guys are, you know, oh, man, we got fifth? Excellent. This is going great. Because, like, for anyone else, that would be amazing. Yeah, we got fifth and Shonen Jump. Awesome. This is, this is going excellent. Mm-hmm. Also, in the land of subplots, there's a tea party between the writer for True Human, True Human, who has got, gotten, like, his writing has suffered because he just hangs out with girls at hostess clubs now. Yeah, like, because he's because they're nice to him mm-hmm. and other people aren't. And so not only is he not only is his writing suffering, his wallet's probably suffering too. Yeah. So they set up a tea party with the with Aoki and her all her female assistants and the writer of Otter Eleven, whose name yep. I will never remember. Yep, and there's the great bit where he gets her Earl Grey because earlier one of the things that his editor told him was she really likes Earl Grey. Yeah, he's like, so how's the Earl Grey? It's like, I actually, I prefer Jajirling. Yeah, I don't really know. I'm not a good judge. And he's like, Mister Editor, can I see you in? Can I see you in this side room? And the, so I love uh, he draws the editor in there, and then like the other editor goes in. Or is there? No, it's the editor for True Human. Yeah. Yeah. Also gets dragged into that yeah, fight. Yeah, also gets dragged into that fight. And so it's just the writer for True Human. And, like, he's got the long hair down over his face. And one of the girls is like, he's so gloomy. And the other one's like, he can hear you. <laughs> yeah, and that he's like, he, so that inspires him to write about how women are awful. And- yes. And I really liked that. I really loved how his editor was like, wow, I did not expect that to work that well. 
Look, you got to trust the editor for Honor 11. He has all sorts of dastardly cartoonish methods that somehow work. Yes, like having him sign a contract that says, you will not stop writing this thing for six months. Yes. I. We also, speaking of Awase, have this turn where she, Edgy tells her she's really talented. And then she starts going to his place every night yep. after his assistants leave. And I really love the sort of setup of that, of like the editors being like, ah, oh, are they going to be an item? Like, yeah. let's practice living with each other. Yeah, They're- and H- Hattori's like, oh, is she going after Edgy now? That makes sense. She yeah. seems to be going after people with talent. Yeah, she likes talented people, and she clearly wants a boyfriend. Yep. And I love that Edgy's editor's like, hey, like... Like, I know you're adults, but you have to focus on your work. He's like, I dress shonen manga because I'm a kid at heart. Yep. I love that sort of, like, hint at what's actually going on, but everyone just, like, is like, nope, that makes total sense that she would try to get in a relationship with Edgy. So then when it turns out she's actually trying to start a crossover between Plus Natural and Crow to take the wind out of Perfect Crime Party, it hits everybody by surprise. Yeah, and it's not... Again, it's not specifically to take the wind out of Perfect Crime Party, but it's Perfect Crime Party had been doing kind of close to Plus Natural, so it's, this was an edge I needed to make my manga better. Mm-hmm. I also love the bit where Eiji does a dialogueless chapter of Crow. Yes. Just because dialogueless comics are always super interesting. So the uh, the volume basically ends with them being like, okay, we have six more tries to beat Plus Natural before the deadline. Mm-hmm. So we have to do a story arc and like bank on a payoff at the end of the story arc. Because with all of our series, at the end of any arc is when we saw a huge jump in reader votes. And, and Takahama series is very arc focused, and it did the same thing. Yep. And so the it's them trying to come up with this big arc. Yeah. Well, they also have the thing of so they're talking about like, hey, you're you've got a bunch of the third votes. Like people are voting. PCP is their third vote, and it's that he was like the old editor's adage of beware getting the third vote because that can very quickly turn into the fourth vote, which then no longer counts. But Hattori has the thinking of like, wait a minute. No, it's exactly the opposite. And it's if PCP is a bunch of people's third vote, that means it's also probably a bunch of people's fourth vote as well. So instead of worrying about losing the third vote, what we need to try and do is gain the fourth vote. If you added up the third and fourth votes together, we could actually maybe beat out these two. Yeah. Although, to his admission, that is just a looking at the glass a different way thing. Yes. Like, actually getting those votes is another thing entirely. Yeah, but as as opposed to worrying about losing the third vote, let's try and get the fourth votes. Like, you know, we should do something, too, because they're talking about, like, yeah, we actually, like, scored fairly high outside of our intended age bracket. Because it was like, well, the younger kids relate to them because these guys are grade schoolers. And there's probably a bunch of older people that also relate to it thinking back on the time when they were in grade school. Yeah. But like people in the middle, which is the usual jump readership. Yeah, we're going after battle manga. Yeah. And so like we were still hitting them, but it was like, oh, we're actually getting 10 and 18 year olds like as well. You know, obviously they were still getting middle grade votes and they're still getting they're still doing very well. They're usually like fifth or sixth in the the manga. But I did really like Hattori being like, wait, no, it's exactly the opposite. And that's their kind of like push to do the story arc. That and the great scene where Hattori's like, do you remember when I said that all great manga artists eventually have to be better than their editors? And while I don't think you guys are top tier content creators, you have definitely made a significant step forward. And you guys like you figured out your art problem without me having to tell you. You figured out this other thing without me having to tell you. Like you came up with these ideas before I did. 
mm-hmm. you guys have outgrown me as like you're no longer coming to me asking me hey what should we do even in this volume it's been hey this is our plan what do you think kind of thing it's no longer hey mr hattori what do you think we should do here it's them coming to him with a plan do you approve this and eventually he's like listen i think it's too early to try and do a story arc but you guys are the artists i think you've surpassed me in this sense let's do a story arc and i really liked that moment of him being like you guys have surpassed me as an editor yeah it's very, very strong. Mm-hmm. Anything else you want to talk about with this volume? It's a little less dense than older ones, I think, but it's still really good. It just has a faster pace. Yeah. Which, so there was one thing that I really loved in this, which is they were talking about how dialogue-heavy manga tend to not do well, which is hilarious coming from the fact that we're reading Bakuman, yes. an extremely dialogue-heavy. It, it's super on the nose. Yes. But I really like that where it's like, ah, dialogue heavy doesn't do well. Well, Takahama's manga is actually very dialogue heavy and it's doing fairly well. Like it actually surprised people with how well it did. And it's kind of like they kind of go through this. Oh, yeah, like that. That does make sense. You can't go overboard, but it's not specifically word count that makes something not do well. Like with Bakuman, there's there's dialogue all over the place, but it's still it's such an enticing read. Yeah, like I said, this has this volume has maybe my favorite page in Bakuman with the grave scene. Also, I forgot about the one where Owase is like, hey, I want to rewrite everything. Like, can you tell Edgy to stop drawing and let me rewrite stuff? And Edgy's like, oh, she wants to uh, rewrite some stuff I haven't worked on yet. And he's like, yeah, can you do it? And he just rips up the pages. That he's, <laughs> he's like, well, he's like, oh, she wants me to redo stuff so that we can beat Ashigoro-sensei? Yeah, including the stuff I'm working on right now, I guess. All right. And he's just tearing up the pages in his two assistants. Like, we literally just finished drawing those. That's even the cover of the volume. It's a yes. slightly edited version of that. Yeah, but it's him because yeah. he's like ripping the pages with his teeth. Uh-huh. Like, it's very good. Yeah, Edgy's great. Yes. Dude. Anything else you want to ch- hit on? I think we basically covered it. It's I think we did, yeah. Really strong. Yes. All right. That just leaves us with personality power level. What does the scouter say about his power level? Personality power level is the segment where we rank manga characters from best to worst. At the very top is Uzumaki Naruto. That guy's full of dialogue. Mm-hmm. At the very bottom is that guy who's not Yamcha from that time I got reincarnated, reincarnated as Yamcha. He doesn't even have a name. Mm-hmm. Then in the center, we have Tomura Shigaraki from My Hero Academia and Buggy the Clown from One Piece, because I guess villains go in the center. Yes. All right, from Bakuman, the top character we have is Mashiro at 11. We have Eiji Nizuma at 15, below Bakugo, and above Chio Mihama. I think we should go above Bakugo, personally. Yes, but this is, that's uh, fair. All right. You, you know what? Actually, I think he should go above Mashiro, so I'll just shoot the shot there. Do you agree or disagree? That is pretty fair. I, I have really liked Mashiro, but that bro you know i got you fam scene from edgy is just great and he's just such a good rival like even like a lot he gets kind of a wase into the mood of like i want to beach them at their best so he's like giving her hints on well this is why they're not doing well mm-hmm. and which she then you know she then relays to them which makes them realize oh yeah and like he she doesn't specifically tell them it's your artwork but they're like, something's wrong, and they figure it out. Above Mashiro, we have Emma from The Promised Neverland. Do you think Edgy goes above Emma and hits our top ten? I'd be fine with that. I'm also fine with that. 
right above Emma, we have Nami from One Piece. I would even be okay putting Edgy above Nami, honestly. That's closer. Sure. Above that is Yusuke Urameshi. He did never. He he did go into a hospital, but he did not action roll into it, yelling "Let's hospital." No, uh, you're also more of the Yusuke. Yeah, guy. I, I'm leaning towards above him. Sure. Above that is Shoto Tokoro- Todoroki from My Hero Academia, the better rival from My Hero Academia. Yes, I think I'm still liking Edgy more. Okay, right above that we have Krillin from Dragon Ball. I think this might be a bit of a ceiling because I think, like you've said before, Krillin is really what makes Dragon Ball work. Yeah, whereas Edgy is the secret sauce to Bakuman, but it could work without him, right? Yes. All right, so Edgy Nizuma is the new number seven below Krillin and above Shoto Todoroki. All right, other characters you have on this list from Bakuman. Kaya is at number 20 love. 20 love? 21, below Uchiko and above Chiase from Chiafuya. I think that's probably okay. Yeah. Takagi is at number 24 below Fuko from Flame of Rekka and above Lucy from Fairy Tail. I could see moving him above Fuko. Yeah. And then probably Chihaya as well. Yeah. But not above his wife. No. We'll put them together. That makes sense. Yeah. That puts him at number 22 above Chihaya and below, like I said, his wife. Who else is on this list? Then we got Koaiko at 28 below Ranma and above... Hattori from Bakuman. I think that's fine for her. Yep. Obviously, they then have Hattori, who's above Kaysarinuma. I think that's fine. Yep. I don't think he goes down, definitely. No. Then we have Fukada at number 32. I don't think he really did anything that would move him. No. Yujiro, who is Edgy's editor, is at number 37. That's uh, fine. Yep. And right below him at 38 is Kizua Hiramaru, the Otter 11 writer. Also fine. He's Yora. continued his side story antics, which are still fun, but, like, yeah. nothing new. Goromura, their second editor, is above Tenya Ida from My Hero Academia, but below Rekka from Flame of Rekka. Fair. I think that's fine. And that's everyone from Bakuman. Who do you want to add this week? I think Iwase makes the most yes, sense. Yes, I was thinking the same thing. All right. So she's not as good as Kaya. No. Or Takagi. Or Takagi. Is she better than Ko? I don't think so. Like, I realize Ko didn't do basically anything this volume, but I still liked Ko's arc more than Awase's, but that's definitely close. What about Hattori? I don't think either she's better than Hattori. Like I said, I really liked the moment where he's like, this is the moment where you passed me. This is the moment where the student has become the teacher. So what about Fukuda? I do think I like her more than Fukuda. Especially her turn in this arc. Her, her turn in this volume of her being like, you know, I will do anything to crush them to, uh, it's Goro who points this out to her, but it's like, that's not how you should be competing. It's not, I should do whatever I want to, or I'll do whatever I need to, to crush them. It's, I need to elevate myself above them. All right. Right above Fukuda is Kurumi Sagara, aka Santa from C- Sweet Rain. And I honestly don't want to put Awase above her, but I will defer to you on the uh, choice. That's fine. All right. So Aiko Awase is at number the new number 32, above Fukuda and below Kurumi Sagara. The list is going to be really annoying to edit. Oh, because you have to move three things? It's difficult to move things with the way... Oh, yeah, the way it's much harder. On the website, website, yeah. Yeah. It's fine. I just end up copy-pasting a bunch, but it's not like 
like a word list where I can just drag it. Because if I try and drag it, it will tra- create a totally new sub list. It, it'll take 15 minutes instead of five, whatever. All right. That'll do it for this episode of Jumpstart Weekly. Thank you very much for listening. Our opening theme is Fighting Against One's Will by... Midair uh, Machine. Midair Machine. Thank you. Our closing theme is A Psychic Fistfight by Tom W. Emerit. Other music on the show is by Spectacular Sound Productions, and our album art is by Kate Wynn on DeviantArt. www.lastpodcast.com is our website, where you can check out my other podcasts, It's a Gundam, and Last Time on Video Games. We just did an episode on Call of Duty 4 that should be up, depending on if Tyler edited it or not. Mm-hmm. That's pretty good, so I would check that out. Anything you want to plug, Kevin? Nope. All right. Oh, next week we will be reading Jujutsu Kaisen to round out the spooky month. Does our last episode come out on Halloween or is Halloween on a Sunday? It is on Halloween. Yep. The spookiest manga Jujutsu Kaisen will be what we read then. So until then, happy Halloween, everyone, and have a great week. Stop.